Welcome to Good Medicine Explained. This is episode number two for the week of June 7th, 2020. I am Dr. James Brown, the host for this podcast. I'm going to start by acknowledging that over these last three to four months, there's been tremendous levels of personal and collective anxiety, frustration and concerns due initially to the coronavirus pandemic. The infection itself, the 100,000 people that have already died, the families that have been unable to properly mourn and comfort one another, the orders for staying at home, which have been partially observed and compliant, the huge numbers of people that have suddenly become unemployed and have reached numbers that haven't been seen for almost 100 years during the Great Depression. These events have completely disrupted and unsettled our former lifestyles. And then in the last two weeks, there's been national and international protests in response to the brutal murder of George Floyd, one of the many acts of violence perpetrated against black lives. The anxiety, fear, and anger people are feeling at this time is very palpable. And so, in this context and backdrop, I thought it would be most appropriate to open this week's discussion on the topic of anxiety. There are many definitions of anxiety, but in general, it's a noxious, toxic energy that stimulates a portion of our nervous system to the point that we become malfunctioning. My intention is not to go into too great a detail about the neuroscience and medical definitions of anxiety, but actually to focus more on practical ways to better manifest wellness. So the first idea and question I want to communicate is How are we really designed for processing anxiety? Well, there is a neurologic system called the autonomic nervous system, and it has two opposing features. We have what's called the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight system, which protects us from immediate impending dangers. And then you have your parasympathetic nervous system, which is our feed and breed system, which is for relaxation and rest and regeneration. Now, there are stimuli that are happening every day, all the time. We see things, we hear things, we smell things, we taste things, things touch us, we touch other things. And that's information that our brain uses to tell us about our environment. In the case of a threatening stimulus, that's when our sympathetic nervous system is activated. And there's a complex chain of events that occur uh, neurologically and hormonally, which activate us very quickly to escape and maintain survival. 
the primary hormones related to this stress reaction are adrenaline, cortisol, and norepinephrine. On the opposite side of that spectrum, you have your parasympathetic nervous system, which is primarily geared toward rest, relaxation, and reproduction. And the primary hormones in that system are dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And so we are geared for stimuli. And our brain has a region called the precentral cortex. And the precentral cortex is that region of the brain where we have what are called executive functions. It's the area in our brain where we have reasoning, problem solving, comprehension, impulse control, creativity, memory, and complex behaviors such as planning and personality. And so there's this dynamic interaction between the stimuli that we are taking in and how our brain processes that stimuli to produce the response and behavior that you get. Let me just give you an example of what happens in my practice when I encounter a patient who presents with anxiety. Most patients who initially present with anxiety actually present with some type of systemic or somatic body complaint. They're normally not able to directly explain what's happening. They present complaining of a racing heart or palpitations, breathing heavily or hyperventilating. Uh, they have unexplained uh, insomnia, trouble concentrating or thinking, headaches, their neck, shoulders, or back ache. They feel fatigued. They're having digestive symptoms such as heartburn, indigestion, reflux. But on further questioning, what I discover is they're having intense, excessive, and persistent feelings of worry or fear, nervousness about a situation that's not under their control. They have a pervasive sense of impending danger, panic, or doom. And often these patients are experiencing significant stress and impairment that puts them at risk of losing their jobs. And so my action and reaction to this type of a problem is to try and offer some very effective ways to reverse the negative stimuli that has come in through the sympathetic nervous system, the news reports that we hear, the videos that we see, the uh, persistent uh, rejections and negative comments that are passing back and forth between different parties. All of that is like stepping on the gas pedal to the adrenaline and 
to the stress hormones. And these hormones were not designed for persistent or chronic presentation. Operating your nervous system on the sympathetic inputs will actually ruin your health. It will drive your heart rate up, it will cause hypertension, it will cause a host of other medical disorders uh, that we really shouldn't be suffering from. So what my action is based upon is activating and stimulating more of the parasympathetic nervous system. Well, how do you do that, Dr. Brown? Well, there are several things that will promote the secretion of endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine. And they're really based on uh, lifestyle changes. In terms of your lifestyle, there are several things that you can put into place that will assist in activating the parasympathetic nervous system. And here are a few of them. Exercise. I know no one really wants to hear that, but what exercise is doing is it's elevating your endorphin levels, uh, and it triggers positive feelings in the body, similar to what morphine would actually do. Rhythmic movements like walking, running, swimming, dancing, yoga, tai chi, they all activate areas of the brain that release endorphins. Another thing that's extremely helpful is deep breathing. You actually are delivering oxygen to your body with deep breathing. And there is a method that's called box breathing, where you inhale for four seconds, you hold that breath for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, and then you hold your breath again for four seconds. And you repeat this cycle several times, and it definitely will lower the sympathetic impulses, slow your heart rate down, relax you, and calm you down. Another, I think, effective way is to operate systems of your body such as sound. And music is an excellent method. As the expression goes, music soothes the savage beast. I think it's important if you try to create your own playlist, uh, songs that inspire you, uplift you, relax you, put your mind in a different context would be extremely helpful. And along with that, another of my recommendations is practicing visualization, meditation, or prayer. You basically are changing the stimuli of thought processes that are entering your brain in these executive function areas of the prefrontal cortex. And you're creating optimistic and positive future stories which elevate dopamine levels in the brain. Finding ways to express gratitude. Gratitude will actually evoke positive emotions. 
and the emotions have a lot to do with our recovery. And so these are excellent ways to try and improve your stimuli. And probably last and most effective is to offer and receive loving physical contact. Hugs and massages soothe the brain by releasing oxytocin. And as we know, oxytocin fosters intimacy and trust and actually uh, reinforces positive, healthy relationships. Now, another very effective and recent activity is uh, known as ASMR. ASMR is an acronym for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It's actually a sensation that is generated. It's a static-like or tingling sensation that begins in the, on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and the upper spine. It's, it's actually generated through audio recordings of gentle, soft whispers, uh, gentle tapping or brushing sounds. And many people find it to put them into a calm and relaxed state. Many people who have insomnia or difficulty sleeping will play these ASMR uh, audio tapes. From a holistic point of view, there are other things that people do. They take supplements, B vitamins, melatonin, magnesium, kava kava, things of this nature also promote more of the relaxing hormones to our system. Tea for many people is helpful. A mint tea, chamomile tea, lavender tea. Drinking kefir, which promotes a healthy gut microbiome. Uh, eating salmon, which has omega-3 fatty acids and actually relaxes us. Tart cherries have melatonin in them. Cucumbers have vitamin B. Lemons have vitamin C. Pumpkins and pumpkin seeds are very rich in magnesium. And then, of course, who can resist dark chocolate? Dark chocolate lowers our cortisol levels, and it has magnesium in it as well. Other things that a lot of people do is they create an environment in their home that is calm and relaxing. Lighting and color is very important. Soft, quiet shades of blue or blue-green tones or soft pastel pink colors actually evoke calm and soothing behavior. Some people appreciate and practice aromatherapy. They have scented oils like lavender or vanilla or floral scents like rose, geranium, or even sandalwood. All of these have a inducing stimulus to the parasympathetic nervous system that puts into play relaxation. Now, what do I do in the office as a physician? Well, at my disposal, of course, there is medication. There is a class or group of medication called benzodiazepines, 
which are actually tranquilizing medications. Uh, examples of those include Valium, Ativan, Xanax, Librium, Restoril, Clonopin, Halcyon. These are all medications that have been used by the medical profession for years to slow down the sympathetic impulses that are being generated and maintained in the nervous system. I tell people that it relaxes them similar to taking your foot off of the accelerator on the freeway. Of course, there's also another class of medications in the actual antidepressant families, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. That includes medications like Prozac, Celexa, Lexapro, Paxil, Zoloft, and also selective norepinephrine and receptor inhibitors like Effexor, Cymbalta, Sotera, Prestique, Altram. All of these are actual aids that medically are inducing your body and brain to release more of the relaxing hormones. I think there's a major benefit into cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT. There are psychologists that are specially trained to assist people in scheduling a new way of thinking and strategizing ways of reprocessing the stimuli that comes to them, the noxious stimuli that activates that sympathetic nervous system. You retrain your thought process, which in turn changes the response to the precentral cortex and releases more of the relaxing hormones. There has been meta-analysis of cognitive behavioral therapy in contrast to traditional medical treatments. And in meta-analysis studies, uh, it's been determined that pretty much both therapies are relatively equivalent in terms of their effect. So what is the take-home message here? What is it that you should take away from listening to this conversation? Well, there's pros and cons to these treatments. Lifestyle changes that I recommended are very effective, but they're slow. It could take weeks or months to establish a new lifestyle, and it can be time-consuming. If you're going to get exercise four days a week for 40 minutes, like I recommend, for some people, that's difficult to do. The holistic approach that I mentioned with foods and other things might be somewhat uh, costly for people, buying vitamins, uh, getting different organic foods and such. That incurs a little extra cost. Medications can be costly. They may be covered by insurance. They may not. They create side effects. And more importantly, there's the risk of dependency and addiction with some of these medications. Cognitive behavioral therapy is very effective, as I mentioned, but 
It could also be time-consuming and costly for some people. So I think the takeaway points from this discussion is that we're living through some unprecedented stressful times, and anxiety is very prevalent in our communities. We need not be overwhelmed by the anxiety that's there. There are things that we can do to empower ourselves, and it's a opportunity for us to get back into touch with who we are and to be more of our authentic and genuine selves. We can be more aware of the past experiences and events that trigger our stress response and retrain our bodies and minds in behaviors that will promote more of the relaxation response, the parasympathetic system. And I really encourage the people out there to talk to your doctor. If you're having issues with anxiety and stress right now, please go to your physician uh, or therapist and share with them what you're experiencing and try to get some better help in the process. If you have any questions you'd like to submit to me about this program or about health advice in general, I encourage you to refer to my practice's Facebook page at James R. Brown, MD or my Instagram at jrbrownmd. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, and may you have a peaceful heart. Thank you.